helps if I push the button. Welcome to Sun Devil Saturday, or welcome back to Sun Devil Saturday. We've been here for an hour. If you're just joining us, where have you been? This is the place to be each of the next four Saturdays as we talk ASU athletics, but primarily Sun Devil football, because you know what? November 7th, that's all we're going to do starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. Actually, it's 7.30 in the morning with our pregame show coverage. And uh, I'm Jeff Munn, by the way. Thank you for being with us. And as I said, we'll be here every Saturday, the next four Saturdays from 1 to 3 p.m. on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. I just I got it before I get to Tim and Rapper. I, I got to play this, and I hope I gave you the heads up, Cody, to, to play Frank Darby saying hello to all the media yesterday because this is just classic Frank Darby as he sat down to do his virtual Zoom press conference with the media. What's up? How y'all doing? Okay, Frank in the house. Yeah, Frank in What's the house. Up, y'all? y'all can hear me? Yeah, you hear we hear you, Frank, and uh, classic Frank Darby. And what a great way to bring in our guys, uh, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy, and Jeff Van Raphorst, Rose Bowl winning quarterback. And uh, they will indeed have the call on November 7th, a big football game between Arizona State and USC. Now, we've got them both on the phone line, so I don't want you guys talking over each other. So let me say first, hello, Tim. What's up, Money? How are you, sir? I'm well. And Rapper, you're there as well, I take it. I am, Jeff. All right, outstanding. Well, guys, it was a a long and still is a long and winding road to get us to the start of football, but in, in a practice sense, it has started. And Arizona State on the practice field again today. They'll be off tomorrow. Uh, it's too easy for me to ask a question like, you know, how different are things for you guys as broadcasters? But let's start first by just talking about where this program was. Uh, when it left the field in El Paso with a win over Florida State, we're going to hear some clips in our next segment of that game. But as they move into a season that will begin on November 7th, and Tim, I'll start with you. There was a lot of excitement coming out of the Sun Bowl because people knew how Herm Edwards and his staff was putting this program together. I don't think there's any reason for that enthusiasm to be lessened. Uh, I think, actually, the enthusiasm and excitement might have gone up a couple notches. Yeah, I'd agree with you, Money, and I think uh, the Pac-12 media probably agree with you, too, because in their annual preseason poll, they've got Arizona State picked second in the Pac-12 South behind uh, USC, and that's despite the fact that the Sun Devils return a team that is going to be very different, particularly at the skill positions. They lose arguably two of their top three playmakers from a year ago. Not arguably, they were two of their top three playmakers a year ago. And Brandon Ayuk and uh, thousand-yard running back Eno Benjamin. And you look at the running back position this year, and the top three spots in the depth chart belong to a JUCO transfer and two true freshmen. While at wide receiver, the fellow we just heard from, uh, uh, Frank Darby, uh, Jersey Frank, as they used to call him, um, probably the best, if not the best, one of the best deep threats in college football. He's going to be surrounded by a host of uh, second and first-year players at the wide receiver position. And yet, despite 
the the uncertainty of those two spots, those two critical uh, spots, you know, the running backs and the receivers, uh, ASU is picked to finish second, I think largely because they return a defense that uh, is just getting better uh, exponentially, it seems like game by game, did over the first two years under Danny Gonzalez, and now this year we'll be playing a different scheme under co-coordinators Antonio Pierce and Marvin Lewis, but uh, it's a defense that returns a lot of talent in the secondary. They've got some playmakers at the linebacker spot, and if the, if the, if the defensive line can settle in, and get pressure on opposing quarterbacks and be stout against the run, I think this defense can be really, really good. And those are the reasons why I think a lot of the other folks in the Pac-12 who cover uh, Pac-12 football agree and have the Devils uh, picked second behind SC. Jeff Van Raphorst, I want to play a cut of Herm Edwards from yesterday's media session where he talked about, he was asked about uh, one receiver in particular, in uh, Jordan Curley, but he talked about the receivers as a group, and then I want to get some thoughts from you on that same subject. There's a talented group of freshmen that are already here. And um, when he comes back in January, there's going to be some more coming too. And so that's, that's just, but that's us. And I think any player knows that now. Any player knows when you think about the guys that um, if we could just hold on to them, um, the guys that have committed to us and, and the guys that we have right there going down to the, to the final month or so, uh, we have a chance to upgrade our football team in a lot of different areas. And, and receiver is one was kind of interesting because Frank really is the senior. And after that, it's just a bunch of young guys. And so, and then we're bringing some more in. So the more the merrier. Indeed, the more the merrier. Now, Jordan Curley has opted out uh, for uh, for the season a move and a decision that has been supported by Coach Edwards and ASU. But they did so well in recruiting wide receivers, Rapper, and I think the fact that they've had back-to-back first-round NFL draft picks at the wide receiver position, it just tells you that more and more high school student-athletes who play that position are going to look at Arizona State, and it could become a real position of depth. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, receivers want to play, one, they look at system, right? And two, well, I think I think knowing wide receivers, I should say back up. There's one A and one B. One A is the system. One B is the environment, right? Because they all have that kind of big personality where they want to be the guy, and and it's an individual playmaking position. Um, and then you've got you know two new guys coming in, Johnny Wilson, uh, a big recruit that we stole from Oregon at the end, and Bunkley Shelton, uh, kind of a slot receiver, extremely fast. Um, but when I when I think wide receivers, I was just listening to you talk, Jeff. You know, the two guys that stood out for me as, as probably the most critical this season are Derek Hagan and Prentice Gill, the two coaches, two right. two new wide receiver coaches, and they've got a young group. I think all eyes are going to be on them. We're uh, visiting with the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy and Jeff Van Raphorst here on Sun Devil Saturday. And, and I want to stick with you, Rapper, for just a second because any discussion of offense gets you back to talking about the new offensive coordinator, Zach Hill, and there's no secret about it. He was brought in to help develop Jaden Daniels, and I think we're all very excited to see what kind of wrinkles he brings to this offense and how he utilizes Jaden's talents. Yeah, I think, you know, Jaden, and I give Coach Edwards, A, a lot of credit at the standpoint that he kind of looked at the scheme of what he was running. He made a change and brought in Zach Hill out of Boise State. Then you kind of say, well, why Boise State? You know, obviously we played against them a couple of times in the Las Vegas Bowl, but it's a team, one, that likes to run the ball first. 
uh, or establish the run threat. And I had Jeremy Hawks, and Jeremy's kind of the resident wizard at ASU, um, and he pulled off of Pro Football Focus some stats from me for Boise State that I thought were interesting. Boise State last year ran 40% of their plays with either two or three tight ends on the field. And so it's, it's interesting to me when you look at offensive scheme and then you look at players. You know, Jeff, you were just talking about these young wide receivers. Coach Edwards was talking about the depth of them. And I think what Zach Hill's going to have to kind of balance is, all right, how do I get into either tight sets, bunch sets, uh, run sets from a visual standpoint, but know that I have an explosive quarterback. I want to get him on the run. I want to get him protected and make it simple. So uh, to me, it's just going to be a really fun uh, analyzation of the different schemes that Boise State ran over the last couple of years and how it morphed into what Coach Edwards, what Coach Hill wants to run, and utilizing these playmakers on offense because, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, you know, Tim Healy, but the the strength of, of this group on offense, I believe, is at the wide receivers. But tight end is probably a position that's a little bit thin and has been so for the last couple of years for ASU. Tim, let me just get a, a, a soundbite in before you react to that. Uh, this is, we're, Case Hatch is a young man, and it's quite a story, a walk-on from Perry High School in Gilbert. And he started out on the defensive side of the ball, then became – uh, a running back, and now he's going to play the tight end position. He is not the starter at tight end, or he could be. He's listed kind of as a co-starter with Curtis Hodges. But here's Case Hatch yesterday talking about taking on yet another position in this program. So I feel like it's a very important role with what we have going on right now. Um, and I've been able to observe so much of the importance of my technique on the plays that we're running or the the way that I – set up for certain things. Um, and I'm always seeking opportunities to grow because this is my first time at this spot and I'm excited for it. So I'm always asking coaches, Hey, what can I do different? Hey, how can I fix this? Um, how can I set up for this? So it's super exciting without getting in too much detail. It's, it's going to be a important role this year. Yeah, it was funny yesterday with the media. He was very reluctant to give away anything as if, you know, somebody from SC or Cal was listening in. But, Tim, we've talked for many on many occasions about how this program is using a pro model in terms of developing personnel and how they set themselves up offensively and defensively. I think the NFL is very is a league that has become very dependent on strong tight end play. So it is a vital position at Arizona State as well. And the interesting thing is that over the years, when the tight end was a featured part of the offense here, ASU has produced some of the great ones. You know, they, Todd Heap, Zach Miller, Chris Coyle, all were very productive tight ends. And, of course, uh, Todd Heap and Zach Miller took that productivity onto the National Football League. Uh, Todd Heap, an all-pro with the Baltimore Ravens for many years, and Zach Miller uh, spent time with both the Seahawks and the then Oakland Raiders. But uh, it has been a very productive position in the past. And I think uh, in time with Zach Hill as the coordinator, as Rapper mentioned, the way Zach likes to employ the tight ends, I think it'll be a uh, featured position in the years to come as they continue to recruit to the position. And just listening to that soundbite you played, Money, of Case Hatch, it just occurs to me, how has that young man's world changed in just over a year's time? Uh He came to Arizona State as a walk-on last year, as you said, 
started at linebacker. By the end of the season, he had been moved to running back. He also was named first team all Pac-12 last year as a special teams player. And now uh, looks like he's going to be showcased some as kind of that hybrid H-back tight end type player in Zach Hill's offense. And, and he's a great young man to boot out of uh, Perry High School in Gilbert. And uh, uh, I, I'm just, uh, you know, he's inspirational, I think, what Case Hatch has done in just uh, a little over a year's time. And another thing that points to, Jeff, uh, relative to the uh, history of Arizona State is how big a part walk-ons have played through the years. You know, when you have, uh, you know, you think of players like uh, Jason Kyle and Adam Archuleta, who wound along uh, pro careers that started at Arizona State as walk-on players. I think even Levi Jones, a uh, first-round draft pick offensive lineman, was a one-time walk-on. And uh, now it looks like Case Hatch may be another one of those players that uh, fits that mold. Well, it's a, it's an area that will garner a lot of interest as we move into the season. Guys, I want you to stay where you are. We're going to take a commercial break, and when we come back, we are going to look back at last year's Sun Bowl. It was the last game, obviously, ASU played. And like a lot of the mid-level bowl games, it gives you some insight into the people who will be key performers this year for Arizona State. We'll do that after a break. This is Sun Devil Saturday, and we're back after this on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Sun Devils Saturday and back with our special guests, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy and Jeff Van Raphorst. I, I, you know, I hate referring to them as special guests. They're they're part of the family. And we're going to have them on each week. So they're not guests. They're regulars. And uh, we're glad to have them aboard. I'm Jeff Munn, by the way, in case anybody at home is keeping score on those kind of things. The last time Arizona State was on the field in an official game was on New Year's Eve of last year at the Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas, against Florida State, a program that was undergoing a coaching change. And uh, we've seen that a number of times in bowl games where interim coaches are serving. Arizona State, and uh, I wanted to get some sound of that broadcast before I go back to Tim and Rapper. That game started very ominously for ASU as A.J. Carter fumbled on the first play from scrimmage. Florida State got the ball at at the ASU 13, Five plays later, they're at second and goal at the ASU 1. And Tim, take it from there. In the shotgun is James Blackman, Sheffield to his right. Blackman will throw to his left, and the pass intercepted by Ashari Crosswell. And Crosswell heads up field, breaks a tackle, stumbles forward just shy of the 30-yard line, and he's brought down there. And you talk about dodging a bullet, and that got ASU off to a much better start than they had after their first play from scrimmage. But I wanted to play that as well, Tim, because you mentioned it in the last segment. The The defensive secondary is going to be a strength. The linebackers are going to be a strength on this defense. And I think the two of them kind of work together. If your linebackers are effective, it's going to make your secondary more effective, too. And, you know, they were all pretty effective in that Sun Bowl money. You know, the thing that strikes me, I actually have the uh, game book, the statistics, uh, the final stats and play-by-play of the game right in front of me here. And when you look at the stats, you just kind of wonder how in the wide world of sports did the Sun Devils win that game? Because they were outgained 470 yards to 282 by Florida State. The Seminoles had 21 first downs. The Devils only had 13. Arizona State did not have an offensive touchdown in this game, but the very simple uh, reason they won was illustrated by the uh, play you just uh, uh, chose uh, for a highlight, turnovers. The Sun Devils were 
plus four that day. They forced six turnovers, and their secondary and their linebackers were outstanding. Darian Butler was their leading tackler that day. Merlin Robertson, who had kind of an up-and-down sophomore season after being the Pac-12 Defensive Freshman of the Year in 2018, Merlin Robertson had his best game of the season, I thought, in the Sun Bowl. Eight tackles, two sacks, uh, two forced fumbles, recovered one of them, the fumble recovery at the end of the game that pretty much sealed the deal. Uh, I thought the linebackers and the secondary played great. Of course, Willie Hartz had the pick six that put ASU ahead to stay in the fourth quarter. So uh, that's a great point, Jeff. Uh, the, the, the secondary and the linebackers, they're key this year. They're talented this year. And a lot of those kids, I think, set the table for this year by the way they played in last year's Sun Bowl. It's interesting you mentioned Merlin Robertson because you mentioned the fumble recovery. Here's how that sounded. On third and ten, under pressure, Blackman, and he gets away, fumbles the football at about the 13-yard line, and I believe Merlin Robertson has it for Arizona State. No official signal yet, but now we have an official signal, and it's Sun Devil football at the 13-yard line as Arizona State has forced its second turnover of the ball game. Jeff Van Rapport, we talked the last segment about the linebackers, and and we will get to talking offense, I promise, former quarterback in a minute. But I, I we've talked about it. Merlin Robertson, great freshman season, uh, maybe not as spectacular as a sophomore, but in the 4-3 that Marvin Lewis and Antonio Pierce are going to run, I'm really curious to see if that gets Robertson back to that level he was at as a freshman. Rightly or wrongly with, with Merlin, he's one of those guys, when, when you're highly recruited and you get the tag of, of being somebody special, you know, you look for big things. The reality is, if you looked at the last two years, you're saying Darian Butler has outplayed Merlin Robertson. And, you know, just from a production standpoint, and I, I think Darian's kind of the guy to me that kind of holds it together and allows – you know, the, Merlin to make some plays. Um, and I think those guys make a great tandem. Then you throw in, you know, Kyle Sole, who's now was just recently named a team captain. I, I think, you know, that those three guys, that's a really good linebacking core. I think Merlin can have a big year. But, you know, I think for Merlin to be successful, you know, it's play within the scheme. You know, just take care of the little things. Take care of your assignments, your gap. And, you know, you're – schematically the ball will find you you know you just got to not try to be all you know sometimes less is more i guess is how i'm trying to phrase it money and 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 with with him i'm hoping that merlin robertson has a great year but i hope it's a solid fundamental year um you know you think back to um oh man i'm blanking on the guy's name linebacker we had tim real just it played uh, perfect you know, make the great play right he can make the phenomenal play but yet there were signs when, you know, he'd be out of position. And and who better to coach him, you know, this linebacker group, you know, than, than Antonio Pierce. So, you know, I'm really excited to see what they can do. I, I think it'll be good. But the uh, I think the one guy that's going to make this defense go is going to be Tyler Johnson returning as an ex-linebacker, moving down to end now. And he's a big-bodied guy. I mean, you're talking, what, six, about 6'5", 260, Tim? He's actually, uh, Jeff, in the most recent ASU uh, roster on their website, he's listed now at 285, 64285. Yeah, and yeah, he, and so you're, you're at, your point is well taken. And uh, I, I think that is a great point because 
remember Tyler had retired from football this offseason. He was going to, I think, pack it in because of uh, injury reasons, but uh, he decided to return to the program. And uh, I think he's probably going to start at a defensive end spot. And, and he was terrific as a redshirt freshman two years ago uh, when he had uh, eight tackles for loss, four sacks, had that fumble recovery that led to the Eno Benjamin game-winning touchdown and the comeback at Arizona. And uh, I, I, I agree with your rapper. I think Tyler Johnson's going to be a big key on that defense. And uh, I think he's a guy that can get to those opposing quarterbacks. One other uh, – I think. No, go ahead, hey, Jeff. Let me jump in real quick. I'm sorry, Jeffrey. You know, with Johnson, he's kind of always that guy. He he has the best, you know, NFL-ready body of a lot of the guys on that team. And then also at that call, that rush end spot is going to be Stanley Lambert, who's mm-hmm. battling an injury last year, had ACL repair, and came back and played limited last year. But he's he's an explosive guy as well. So you've got some guys on that defensive end spot, I think, that can get to the quarterback and – to me, that's what's going to be exciting. If we can put pressure on an opposing quarterback without having to commit extra linebackers or safeties um, you know, into the blitz package to try to get to the quarterback, that's where you're successful. I mean, you watch the Patriots play. You watch the Ravens play. You know, Their front four are dominating, and then now the quarterback's got to throw into the back seven. And as Tim mentioned earlier, that's the strength of this defense. I want to run one more highlight from the game, and it's going to be Jaden Daniels' long pass, and it leads to a question not totally – well, it is kind of related to Jaden. But here's, here's one of the great offensive plays out of that Sun Bowl game. Both Carter and Kyle Williams line up in the backfield to either side of Jaden. Carter motions out of the backfield. Daniels back to pass. Dumps it off quickly to Kyle Williams up the near side with an escort to the 20, to the 30. Kyle Williams off to the races at midfield. The 40, the 30, the 25, the 20. Williams tries to cut back, stumbles down inside the 15-yard line of Florida State. One of the things that Herm Edwards and his staff have really been challenged with and they've been putting an awful lot of time into is rebuilding the offensive line. Now into year three, and I'm going to start, I want both of you to comment on it, but let me start with Jeff Van Raphorst. How do you feel about the ASU offensive line going into year three of the Herm Edwards era? A lot better. I was actually looking through the two deep, you know, a couple years ago. I mean, it was, you could look and you had five or six guys. And I don't think that's the case anymore. Um, two things happened that have allowed this offensive line to get better quicker than probably normal, and that is the grad transfer rule. The grad transfer rules really helped out Arizona State. So you've got a left tackle, Kellen Deach, over from uh, Texas A&M. You've got a right guard, Henry Haddis, transferred from Stanford. And don't forget, Cade Cody, who was out most of last year with an injury, is now at center. And that still gives you Ben Bray, Jared Bell, Roman DeWise, Ralph Frias as kind of backups, um, Donovan West, you know he's. We all know he's a really, really solid player, a right guard. So, I'm uh, real. I'm real happy to to see the depth on there. To me, the one question mark is is right tackle. You know, can Ladarius Henderson, as a young true sophomore now, you know, flop? He was asked to do a lot last year, probably too much. A left tackle. He and Ben Scott are battling for that right tackle spot. And anytime you have competition, you know, I think that's a real solid indicator that you have finally some starting to get some depth on that O-line. Well, and Tim, I think Jeff just hit on it. The The key word there is competition. That was an area that did not have a great deal of depth when Herm Edwards got here, and now you're starting to get that depth, which leads to competition. And we all know, if you can protect Jaden Daniels, he a dangerous quarterback becomes even more dangerous. 
No question. And uh, you now have uh, money. You've got two or sometimes at some positions, three scholarship offensive linemen at every spot. I mean, a few years ago, it seemed like the offensive line depth chart was uh, dotted with a lot of players who walked on to the program, but now uh, they're building up some uh, talented depth. That's not to say walk-ons can't contribute, as we talked about in the case of Case Hatch, but uh, I think uh, Rapper did a really good job of running down that O-line. Remember two years ago, they got Casey Tucker from Stanford as a graduate transfer, and and he was uh, an all-Pac-12 caliber player in the one year he played here in 2018, and now uh, the same deal with uh, Henry Haddis, and Kellen Deesh, they walk in, they walk into the program and walk right into the starting lineup. Deesh at left tackle, Haddis at right guard, and uh, Donovan West is going to be a beast. Heck, as a true freshman offensive lineman, he was honorable mention all conference a year ago. And I think Rapper hit the nail on the head. I think that right tackle spot will be key because Ladarius Henderson, along with West, was the other true freshman that had to play last year. Uh, it was so compelling last year to hear offensive line coach uh, Dave Christensen talk about how I think in his entire coaching career, he had coached uh, teams that had had to use one true freshman offensive lineman total in all those years, and he was starting two true freshman offensive linemen a year ago in Donovan West and Ladarius Henderson. So those two fellows got a lot of experience in the school of hard knocks, and uh, uh, and Ladarius Henderson so young last year. I think he was 17 when the season started. So uh, he figures to grow and improve. And Donovan West, I think, is going to be a great offensive lineman before his career is over at Arizona State. So uh, I'm with Rapper. I feel better about this O-line than perhaps uh, a year ago when the offensive line was uh, kind of an up-and-down process. Uh, uh, But I I, I like the potential of this group uh, anchored by those two grad transfers up front. Well, I like talking football with you guys, and I think our fans love hearing you guys talk football. So make plans to come back here and do this with us again next Saturday. Right, guys? It's a date. All right. Rapper, appreciate it, brother. Take care. Go Devils. Absolutely. Go Devils. Jeff Van Raphorst, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy, and they will be regular participants on Sun Devil Saturday over the next four weeks. We're going to look at some of the key games from last year, and you can probably figure out which ones they are, but uh, it's always great to talk football with our guys in the booth. This has been an interesting time, too, for fans, because you've got Saturdays that you usually are at football games. Now what? Well, we're going to talk to a longtime Sun Devil season ticket holder, about how she and her family have been dealing with things and how excited they are to see football back on the field. We'll do that after a break. This is Sun Devil Saturday on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Back on Sun Devil Saturday, I'm Jeff Munn, and we're having a few technical problems getting hooked up with our fan of the week, but we're still trying. Efforting, I think, is the phrase that they use in this industry and hopefully we'll have that fan coming on in a few moments the reason we wanted to do that is because we know that uh, this has been obviously a very challenging time in so many respects for so many of you and uh it's just it's been a difficult time and i'm gonna do a little pull back of the curtain and tell cody to go ahead and call because she just got back to me (laughs) there you go uh, in any event, see, this is radio broadcasting at its finest. In any event, it has been a, a, an interesting uh, and challenging time for so many fans. 
And it's just, uh, it poses a lot of uh, problems, but certainly we all need uh, something to look forward to, and Sun Devil football gives us that opportunity. And so I think what we're going to do here is, I'm waiting to see if Cody can make a connection, and I'm going to have her call us. So just hang in there with me for just a second. And... And there we go. And I'm hoping I'm giving her the right number. If you just whisper the number to me in my ear, Cody. Okay, that's the right one. Say the last four numbers. See, this is live broadcasting. All right, there we go. We are going to hear from her in a minute because I know her phone is nearby. Um, But as I said, this has been a challenging, challenging time for so many fans. And I, I'll say this, uh, I know that in the, the comments that I've heard and talking to people uh, close to ASU University uh, Vice President for University Athletics, Ray, Ray Anderson, how incredibly grateful all of us with Sun Devil Athletics are for your patience, uh, your concern for the student-athletes, the administration, and the staff with ASU Athletics. Um and it's just a, it means a great deal to us to know that your support has not wavered. You know the challenges that ASU is facing as an athletic department, and it's something that is very much appreciated. We're not going to have fans in the stands this year, so that's going to uh, obviously change a lot of things about how we go about doing things. And is Dawn with us now? Michael and Dawn Frank are with us now. Now, Don, I'm going to let you do the talking because you and I made this deal ourselves. Michael can jump in at some point. but uh, Michael's the big ASU big fan. I'd rather him be the one to you're talk. Just, you're just kind of, you're along from the ride. Is that is that it, Don? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, they told me that both you and Michael are huge ASU fans. So. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. We've, we've been fans. Uh, we've been season ticket holders for 35 years. Now, you're in California at the moment. Yes, we are. We're actually in, uh, right now, in La Jolla. Nice. But if this was a quote-unquote normal season, I hate using that phrase so much, you'd be be near a TV if ASU was on the road with the sound down and the radio turned up, or how often do you get to travel uh, on the road with ASU? Uh, We try to go at least once, maybe twice a year, and when we're in Southern California, we go to a place called The Local in uh, uh, San Diego. That's an ASU sports bar that they show all the games. So we'll oh, go really? down there yeah, with a bunch of other ASU fans and have a great time. That's terrific. Well, tell me yep. a little bit. I, I, I was just talking before uh, we connected that obviously there are great challenges uh, that people face that are, that you know, it makes football seem trivial by comparison, but... Uh, let's yeah. just talk about how the current situation has changed your routine this time of year. Obviously, there are no games. Let me start first with the ticketing aspect. Obviously, your ASU has been communi- in communication with you about what to do about tickets, and you're on board and saying, okay, we're going to go forward with things. So uh, it's it, we hope it's just a one-year uh, interruption, and we're all back to playing football with uh, fans in the stands again next year. But for right now, it's a little different uh, scenario, isn't it? It is. You know, I think uh, for Don and I, 
every Saturday in the fall was an ASU Saturday, whether if they were at home, we'd go down early to Mill Avenue, you know, just hang out with other ASU fans, uh, enjoy the camaraderie. We just loved it, loved the mute, you know, the band when they would come in, uh, just all the things that you get used to. And, uh, you know, it was almost like a date for us every Saturday night. Uh, we just would uh, go to the go to the game and hang out. And then even when the game was over, we'd stay back with the fans and, and enjoy, you know, the victories. It was always fun to do that. Now, for the games this year, we've talked about it. There will be no fans in the stands. So on a typical home uh, game, well, not, well, it's not typical, but on a home game this year, <laughs> what will be the Michael and Dawn Frank routine? Uh, well, we'll camp out in front of the TV. We'll probably uh, do a barbecue or something like that um, and and just, you know, enjoy. We, I, I just love watching the Sun Devils play. I'm a huge Herm Edwards fan. I think he's done a great job uh, with the program since he's taken over. Um, uh, we, we, know, we know Ray very well, and uh, we're, we're just, you know, hoping the team, everything goes well this, this year and, and we'll just be there in spirit and heart, and we'll be watching the game on TV. I'll tell you, and the other thing, and there are so many stories like yours, and we're talking with Michael and Don Frank, longtime ASU season ticket holders, that being a part of ASU athletics as a season ticket holder, and I know your interest in ASU goes beyond football to other sports at Arizona State, it, yep. it becomes a, a way of life for you, and... Uh, and I, that's to me, it's part of what just is so great about college athletics is how involved and invested you can get in a team. Absolutely. Well, just just so you know, Jeff, my history goes back to Frank Cush when there was only a lower bowl. My dad wow. took me to ASU early, you know, and we're talking about Danny White days, and uh, and so I I've I've seen I've sat in that stadium forever. And always been a Sun Devil. I attended ASU '76 and '77, and uh, when um, after Don and I got married, when we had our first child, that's why I know we're 35 year season ticket holders because we took her to the game when she was one year old. Just Outstanding. So get used to it. Yeah, and, uh, she's definitely a Sun Devil fan herself. That is that so, is terrific. So yeah, it it's we, a big part of your life. It is. It's a huge part of our life. In fact, today we put on our ASU gear. And we posted something on social media, and we went out and worked out in our ASU gear here in Southern California. Hopefully, we didn't upset too many Trojan fans. <laughs> well, if so. you did, that's too, that's their problem. Uh, that's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're talking with Michael and Don Frank, uh, longtime ASU season ticket holders here on Sun Devil Saturday. I, I, I would think that you talked about the excitement with head coach Herm Edwards. I know that one of the things that Ray Anderson has, has really stressed during this time is to stay in communication. It's a little challenging, but to stay in communication with the fans, with the public, to let them know what's going on. And I'm sure you've uh, you've been you've heard from Ray on several occasions through email just to keep updated on the progress of things. Yeah, Ray's been very very good. Him and Buffy are great people. We really enjoy them, and they've been very very good about keeping in touch with uh, the program, what's going on, what to anticipate. Um, they're, they're, they're excellent. And, uh, uh, I, I just think the program's headed in such a positive direction under his leadership. Uh, it's very exciting. 
Last question uh, for Michael and Dawn Frank. And again, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you doing this, especially in consideration of the fact that you're traveling at the moment uh, in California. Uh, we talked a little bit about Sun Devil Stadium in the old days. I think what they've done with the reinvention has really, uh, it's its just made the game day experience so much better. Uh, show me, Share with me some thoughts about uh, what the stadium is like now. They've really done a nice job with it. Well, just just so you know, when we first started uh, attending the ASU games, we were in the lower bowl right above the tunnel where the team came out. And, uh, and, and then we moved up to the Loge on the west side, and we sat maybe five rows from Coach Cush and Danny Cush. And it was always such a pleasure to go to the game because I, he was kind of like my college football coach idol, and he was such a great human being. Yes. And, uh, and, and I know Danny's listening probably right now, but I, I, I just enjoyed visiting with them every Saturday and just getting, you know, the coach was still coaching all the way to the end yep. and he would he would uh he would tell us you know what he thought about certain things and and it was always fun it was it was great and then we after we did that then we went up to the when they in, improved the uh, northern end zone seats we went there and sat on the rail and enjoyed that until they finished building out the, the east side all built in and uh now we have uh, you know almost 50 yard line tickets and we love getting there early. They've got, you know, the food and the beverages and the flat screens all over the place. You can get there early. It's just like sitting at a sports bar, and then when it's time to go watch the game, you walk outside, and, and there you are. I mean, it's an amazing experience. It is, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did, did Dawn just say I agree? I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I said they've done, they've done a great job with the stadium. Yes, they have, and uh, it's uh, I, it won't be too long, we hope, before uh, everybody can come back and enjoy it. Michael and Dawn, I, I cannot thank you enough for doing this. Please drive safe. Stay safe in California. And, hey, we're looking forward to the day that we can all get back to Sun Devil Stadium and watch some football. Thank you for being with us. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Jeff, no problem. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you. Michael and Dawn Frank, longtime ASU season ticket holders. Each week during these four weeks on Sun Devil Saturday, we're going to bring you uh, fans who uh, have been longtime ASU fans like yourself, I'm sure, and uh, we'll get their thoughts on the Sun Devil football moving forward and how they're dealing with uh, the circumstances going into this most unusual of seasons. We're back with some final thoughts on this Sun Devil Saturday when we continue after this break on the Sun Devil Radio Network. All right, our final segment, and I promise this, we just have enough time. I mean, we got calls from SEC teams and ACC teams saying, hey, you haven't started yet. Can we borrow the wheel of football? And we said, no, this is an ASU thing. Cody Fincher, have we got enough time to do one wheel spin? Oh, I think because the music ended. He's spinning the wheel of football. I can't believe it's fantastic. Look at the wheel is back. The WD-40 is on. Wherever game it lands on, I've got to pick the game. And Cody's going to tell me what game i got to pick. All right, it's stopping. Hold on. Miami, Clemson. Oh, no. Oh, no. You have to. It's the rules. It's the rule. Okay, I'll tell you what. Clemson is a big favorite tonight. And Miami's off to a terrific start, don't get me wrong, but I just don't see how they win in Death Valley this evening. But, yeah, I, I got to go Clemson. It's, it's you know, you have to go Clemson in that game. Um, and that'll be a, a 4.30 kickoff 
uh, on ABC 15. And boy, won't that be something. Well, that'll do it for us. Remember, during the week, download that Arizona Sports app because you can get Maroon Monsoon, you can get the Anderson Healy Show, and you can get this show in podcast form. And that's a bargain at any price, right? Next week, we're going to have more football talk. We'll have more ASU coaches, Healy and Rapper. We're going to have a look, kind of a closer look at certain positions on the roster. And, of course, a full week of practices to kind of go over in advance of November 7th, ASU at USC. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you'll be back with us next week when we do Sun Devil Saturday again from 1 to 3 p.m. here on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. For everybody who put this show together and our good pal Cody Fincher, I'm Jeff Munn. Thanks for listening to Sun Devil Saturday, a presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network. That was Sun Devil Saturday, brought to you by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Gila River bleeds maroon and gold and is Arizona's official sports headquarters. This Sun Devil's athletic program is an exclusive presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by MidFirst Bank.